is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 68. Hey, Cammie, this episode is full of gold. Hey, that rhymes. I could just hug Tyler McCall. He is bringing it in this episode. You are all in for a treat. Let's go. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So our interview today is with Tyler J. McCall. He is so amazing. He is full of insights. Y'all are in for such a treat. He's a creative entrepreneur using Instagram with intention to grow his community online. And he really takes it to a whole new level because he has built this amazing membership community that you're going to hear about in this episode. Now, What's great about Tyler is that when he's not buying everything at the Target dollar spot or binge watching Real Housewives, he always talks about those two things on Instagram because I follow him on there regularly with his Instagram stories. When he's not doing that, he's spending his days teaching entrepreneurs how to grow their business by turning their Instagram followers into raving fans. And with nearly 10 years of marketing experience, He knows what it takes to build an audience online and get people excited. And you're going to get excited when you hear all of this stuff he talks about. So Cammy, I am so thrilled to share all of this greatness with Tyler J. McCall to our audience. Yeah, let's get started with this episode. Here we go. It is so great to have you on. I really appreciate you joining us today. And I know our audience is going to get so much from you. So how did you get started with social media and kind of give us your backstory a little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I got my start on social media like way back in college using Facebook like as a student, but then kind of starting to use it more for connecting with other people around the country. I was my background before doing what I do now. I spent a lot of time in the nonprofit world and doing political and community organizing. So I spent time in the YMCA and worked nationally and internationally with the YMCA, connecting with students on social media using Facebook. And then after college, I went to work for the YMCA. I did that for six years. And I was typically the youngest person in the room. And there was always the like, oh, well, he can figure it out or, oh, he'll do that. So that's how I kind of got started on social media and started running it for others, doing it for the YMCA I worked at and, and things like that. And then actually in 2012 or 2011, I got really involved in political action 
online for some ballot initiatives that were happening back home in North Carolina. And that was when I discovered Twitter was like this magical place where I could connect with people like all over the place. And we would host all these Twitter chats around like political issues and causes and community issues. And I loved that. And then slowly but surely, I made my way over to Instagram. And in 2015, I started my own business, a handmade business. I was making a product by hand, selling it at trunk shows and craft fairs, and also selling it using Instagram and building relationships with people on Instagram as a platform. And then in 2016, started doing that full time. So it feels like very fast, like it's flown by. And I know like all the platforms have changed so much in the past like 10 years. But yeah, I've been I've been on them since the beginning, but really intentionally since probably 2011 and then made it on Instagram. I was like on Instagram back in the day, but 2015 is when I was like, oh, there's something here. There's something I can do with this platform. That's great. So why do you use Instagram as your one channel for building a community? I mean, are you using any others as well? Is it just all Instagram? Yeah, so I'm pretty much all in on Instagram. I have a Facebook group that I use sometimes for some free kind of promotional material and connecting with people. And of course, we use Facebook ads and Instagram ads, but Instagram's the place where I hang out. Actually, Madeline, connecting with you has like re-inspired my love of Twitter. So you'll be happy to know. But I will be honest, I'm not on there for business. I'm on there just kind of like tweeting about politics and Real Housewives, like two of my favorite things on the planet. So I'm not really doing much more on Twitter, (laughs) but so fun. Oh my, I forgot how, how much fun it was. It's like such a carefree platform. And I love that about it. For me, Instagram always stood out because I love the community nature. I love that it's really easy to connect with other people. I love that it's so easy, much like Twitter, to go out and find other people. Like you can't really do that on Facebook or Pinterest or YouTube, but it's really easy on Instagram to look up shared interest or shared locations. So I love that about Instagram. And I also love from a business perspective that it's one of the more engaging Instagram platforms where you can really see the engagement coming through on your content. And that's why I've really focused on it. And I spent, I've spent the past probably three years really in kind of more the creative and online educator niche on Instagram. And with that group in particular, I've found a lot of value and just a lot of opportunity because a lot of creatives are on Instagram because they're creative minded, they're visually oriented and they're marketing and they're messaging. So Instagram's just been a natural fit for them. And I love it. I like, I hang out on Instagram all the time, probably too much. But it's <laughs> I understand business, that. Right? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's wasting your time away on these social media networks, but it is a great business channel. So tell us some of their results that you didn't expect to happen. Like, you know, when you started really intentionally working with these channels, especially Instagram, what were some of the results that came about that you really never expected to happen? Yeah, there's two in particular. Well, I guess three. I mean, the first one is like, of course, revenue generation in my business, which has been huge. And then we even see that and the businesses of our students now, because I run an online community where we teach marketing strategy using Instagram and our students see crazy results. Like we had a student earlier this year who did a live virtual market. She's a maker she has a handmade business and did this live virtual market on Instagram and made like 500 bucks in 20 minutes on Instagram live, you know, just crazy like revenue generation opportunities for people because they have this community of loyal and engaged fans who are like there on the edge of their seat wallets open, ready to purchase from them, ready to invest in their business themselves, their families, whatever. So that's been a huge opportunity for me that I love. And it's so easy to see those results like almost instantaneously, which I really love about Instagram. The next thing that I've I've seen and I was surprised by is the ability to build mailing lists using Instagram. It's just so dead simple. 
And a lot of people aren't fully using Instagram to do this, but especially now with the introduction of Instagram stories and with the ability to use direct messaging, you can build your email list fast and super effectively on Instagram. And when I'm really intentional about it, we can add hundreds of subscribers a week to my mailing list just by promoting our opt-ins and keeping everyone on the platform to uh, get that content. So that's the second thing. And then the last thing is just the opportunity for partnerships, collaborations, doing things like this, being interviewed on other people's platforms and podcasts and channels. All of that for me comes through Instagram. Like I'm not out there pitching. I don't have anyone on my team who's actively pitching for me to have these opportunities. I'm just showing up on Instagram, connecting with people, having real conversations. And all these opportunities are just organically happening. And I see a ton of value in that for Instagram, especially for folks who are leading communities or who are in that community building type of work, you have such an incredible opportunity to to really kind of stand out on the platform and drive engagement and drive conversations and connections with other people that can be hard to do on other platforms. So I love that about it as well. Yeah. Do you mind me digging into one of those? Um, I, I want to back up. Yeah. You said something about email generation on Instagram and I think that that's probably something most people don't think about indeed, because you really can't link out to anything. I mean, what we're used yeah. to is sending people somewhere. And I know you have enough followers that you could do your little swipe up, but most people sure. don't. So, um, yeah. and I don't know how many people actually use the swipe up anyway. So could you yeah. kind of elaborate just a tiny bit on that email part? Yeah, totally. So what I'm seeing results with and my students as well is we're not really using the swipe up a lot. The swipe up for me is just kind of like lazy marketing because you're like, hey, if you want that thing, go get it on your own. I'm not going to take any responsibility for it, but you can. So I hate that about the swipe up. So I'll actually test them to swipe up versus a DM me to get this thing. And when I'm saying DM me to get this thing, the results are, you know, tenfold the results I get on a swipe up. So this just looks like talking about your opt-in, your freebie, your webinar, your guide, whatever it may be on Instagram. And then making a very clear call to action of saying, if you want this, send me a direct message or using that fun new like question and answer box that you can use, putting that up there and say, just enter your email address here or say me or something like that. And I'll send you a direct message. You can go directly to the landing page. There's lots of ways you can do this. And whatever your kind of your risk tolerance is when it comes to GDPR things, because I know everyone's kind of at different levels of fear of the European Union. I'm at a pretty <laughs> low level of fear, so I don't worry that much about it. I'm not Facebook or Google, okay? I assume I'm going to be okay. Yeah, so also none of this is legal advice. Please don't sue us. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's the way that I'm doing it. I'm seeing a ton, like just really great results with. Another thing you can do, kind of another little uh, pro tip that I typically give to my students is uh, use the poll option, especially the two option poll to ask people if they have downloaded your opt-in yet, or if they are on your mailing list yet, or if they've seen your masterclass, whatever. Yes, give them that yes or no. And everyone who answers no, send them a direct message. And it's so easy to do now in Instagram, because when you look at the poll results now, there's a little paper airplane icon next to every single person. You can tap there and send them a message directly from the poll. So these things, they take a little bit more work. They're a little bit more effort than just a you know, sending people off to a landing page, but the results are so much more valuable because there is that higher touch experience for your followers. That is awesome. I have seen you repeatedly to on Instagram saying, you know, DM me, DM me. And I, I think that is so great that you embrace that because when I see you doing that, it makes me think I should do that too. It's a great idea. So you really inspire me and others to follow along in, in your footsteps and do that. So I think I agree with you. I think DM 
is really powerful on Instagram. Yeah. And so that is a great way to engage with your community on Instagram. What are some other ways that we can engage with our community using Instagram? Yeah, definitely. So getting them to the DM is really a top priority for me and for my students now. So I recommend that for most people, getting your audience to direct message you. Other things that you can make sure you're doing is always responding to comments. And I know it can be tough. Like, and I am, I have not even been as good at that lately as I used to be. But when you get to a certain point and your audience is very engaged, it's a lot to respond to like a couple of hundred comments on an Instagram post, but it's super effective. It's just a great way of continuing to build and nurture that relationship. Another thing that you want to think about doing is how you are engaging outside of your own account. And what I mean by that is how are you going out into things like hashtags or other people's accounts and engaging with new people to introduce them to your brand? You know, a lot of times on social, especially on Instagram, people are complaining about kind of a stagnant like stagnation in their follower growth or even a decline in the number of followers, but they're just kind of posting content with some hashtags and logging off. Well, if you want to see results on Instagram now, you need to post the really great content. You can use the hashtags. They don't do as much as they used to, but then you need to go out and find new people and attract them back to your account just by liking, commenting, and engaging with them. So those are three tips you can you can think about doing to engage more with your own community and then also outside of your account to grow your following. And how do you find those people? Like, I mean, the ones that you want to engage with. I mean, there's hashtags, but it seems like that's very getting very spammy. So can you kind of Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how you find those people? Totally. Yeah. So it definitely starts with complete clarity about who you want to attract to your community, because a lot of what I'm talking about recently is kind of this changing of a mindset, especially about Instagram. Like we're not trying to attract anyone and everyone. We only want those specific people as a part of this community. So the next thing to consider is our hashtags that they may be using or associated with. And what we're seeing a lot of results with are using more long tail and more niche hashtags. So not using those tags that have millions of posts in them, but a hashtag with like 50,000 posts can get you a lot further. So that's something to consider and just engaging in that tag. Even though user habits have changed on Instagram and people are spending much more time watching stories than scrolling through the feed, they're still using hashtags. So even if people aren't going to find you through hashtags, you can still find others through those hashtags. So that's the next thing. And then another space on Instagram where people just typically are not looking at all are locations. So when you actually go into the discover tab or the explore tab, I can't, they change the names all the time, but the explore tab on Instagram over on the far right, there's an option to search for content that's been tagged at specific locations And that's a really valuable space to look for content to engage with, especially for location-dependent businesses, brick-and-mortar businesses. That's a great place to find potential followers. But also, if you're doing something online and you you can work or serve or connect with people anywhere in the world, you can also find where those types of people may be hanging out or specific events they may be at. A great example of this is when you're at something like a conference, like Social Media Marketing World, for example. Go to the location tab on Instagram and look for people who are tagging their location at that convention center or at the nearby hotels and restaurants and bars and engage with people that way. And that's just a next level of engagement and another layer, another opportunity to connect with people that goes beyond hashtags. Because you're right, they can be so spammy or kind of all over the place sometimes. So those are a couple of places you can look to find new followers. That's really awesome. Wow. This has like been just, these are golden, golden tips. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) Lots Lots of great stuff in there. How did you decide on what you were going to sell online? You know, because obviously in the end, there's revenue that needs to be generated. So how did you decide what it was that your community wanted from you and, and what to sell? Oh, that's you started a with question. That, 
yeah, the first one. And- yeah, I had my handmade business and that was just something I wanted to do for, well, before that I had a grocery delivery business and that was like, that was before like any of the grocery delivery businesses existed. I had my little wordpress.com website. I like researched how to write a press release and send it to the local newspaper. When I launched, it was super fun, super cute. So I did that for a while and then I had my handmade business and these were all just like, I want to do something fun and different. I was working full time at the YMCA. I was exhausted. I was like not making a lot of money in the nonprofit world. So I was always looking for these other things to do. And then when I left my job, I opened a small agency with a friend and she and I did marketing for a little over a year. We did social media management, content creation. And then at the end of that year, she was like, hey, I don't really like social media that much. Why are we doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, okay, well, I love social media, so I want to keep doing it. And we we went our separate ways. And I went into 2017. That was my first year all on my own. And I was kind of just doing the same thing I'd always done. Like I was doing the social media management, running people's Instagram accounts, creating content for them. And then people started asking, hey, can you run my Instagram account? But then when we would have the conversation about how much they could pay and how much time they had for it. It didn't really make sense for me to take that on, but I thought, okay, I can teach you how to do it yourself, like teach you what I know. So that's when I started doing coaching and consulting in all 2017. I was running social accounts for local businesses and some national brands, but then, and I built out a small team to do that, but then I started just coaching and consulting a ton and started going into agencies that didn't have in-house social media people and doing their social media strategy and I thought, okay, there's something to this. I'm going to, first of all, stop working so much, (laughs) like stop doing all this coaching because I had like 17 coaching clients. It was way too much. I just started talking to my followers, started talking to my audience. Like, hey, if I started this thing, would you be interested? Hey, I'm thinking about doing a membership. How does that feel to you? I want to teach you about this. Is that something you're interested in? And just started, started getting people interested, starting collecting names on a waiting list and then just launched it to the world and had a solid waiting list in place. And then we opened the doors to our community. We had like 80 people join that first launch, which was incredible. And we've grown from there. We have like 600 members today and that's in a little over a year. But yeah, it was just talking to them, you know, and having that conversation like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I want to start doing this thing. Are you interested? Yes or no? And getting their feedback first was really important. That that is like amazing. Congratulations on building up this this membership community because that is an awesome accomplishment that you've done in a relatively short period of time. That is just awesome. Why did you choose going the membership community route, like as the vehicle? Like what what made you decide to do that? Yeah, there were a couple of things. So the first thing is I typically am teaching about a platform that is rapidly changing. And I wanted to make sure that I could continue to support my students. I didn't want people to like, you know, pay a couple hundred bucks once for something. And then like a year later, I'm still having to like update content for them. So I wanted people to have that continual investment into the community so I can continue to support them. So that was part of it. I was really looking for consistent revenue in my business model because doing the coaching thing was great, but it was very feast or famine. And I didn't want to go the course route in my business because that too, when you're live launching, especially can just be very feast or famine in the business model. So I wanted more consistent revenue. And then I just love community. Like I love connecting with people. I love having conversations with people. I eventually toward the end of doing one-on-one coaching, which I don't do anymore, I realized that I was I was so much more energized and when I was speaking to a room of people 
and leading a community of people toward a common cause and common interest than I was when I was working one-on-one with people. It was just so incredibly draining for me. So knowing that about myself and really realizing that and being okay with that, I was like, oh, I would much rather teach a group of people virtually or even in person or do hot seat calls with a group of people than try and do this one-on-one model anymore. So that's another reason that I went the community route. And it's just, I mean, it's crazy. Like our community is just so, they're so engaged. They're so supportive. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful every day. And so every day I'm still like surprised that this thing exists and that there are these people here cheering each other on. And people are always asking in the community, like, how did you get us all here? How did this happen? And I'm just like, it's called marketing. Like it works. (laughs) Pay attention. Like you're, you're seeing the whole process. You can implement this in your own business and get the right people uh, through the doors as well. Yeah. And how do do you spend a lot of time in that community every week or every day or sort of what, what is your, your model there? Yeah. So it's definitely changed over the past year. So early on, I was in there like all day, every day. Um, As the business has grown and changed, there are a lot of other components to running this business that I am in charge of now. So I'm in a place where I kind of get to sit in the CEO chair a lot more than I did a year ago, because a year ago, I I didn't even know like what a a CEO like was in this realm of business. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a CEO of this company. That's really cool. I'm still in the community. We do hot seat calls every month. So that's a great way for me to connect with our community. We're actually changing some things because I want to continue to make the community really engaging. So we're introducing Q&A calls next year, which I'm really excited about. But I'm super fortunate to work with my partner and he and I work in the business together, and which is great. We haven't perfected the whole work-life balance concept yet. <laughs> it's still very blended. It's very smudgy at this point in our lives. But he runs our entire community. He takes care of all of our members. He supports them, answers their questions, does our customer service. and Honestly, without him, like this business would not exist. It would not be a thing that it is now. So I'm super grateful for him that he's in there supporting them as well. So they kind of get that one-two punch from us. And we're bringing on another team member soon who will be in there supporting them as well. So it's really about, you know, eventually I realized that it's really great for me to be in there and support them and answer their questions. But more often than not, there are people in that group that know a heck of a lot more than I do about the specific topics that people need help with. So that's another important part of us, part of what we do is empowering our members to support one another. So if there's a question that I can answer, but I know someone could answer it better, I'm going to tag that member. I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to empower that member to step into that space of their expertise or their knowledge so that other community members can then look to them for that information in the future and help them grow their business and their brand as well. I love that. I love that. Is like the most awesome thing is like, (laughs) And letting the the members of the community empower each other. I love that. That That's gold. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's really incredible. And now we have like our go-tos, right? Like we have, oh, so-and-so is like more of an influencer. So-and-so does social media management. So-and-so is a copywriter. And we have all these people that can kind of layer to support one another. And we just had a great thing just happened a couple weeks ago. Someone said, hey, I'm looking to kind of bounce some ideas around about my podcast. Does anyone else in here have a podcast? And there were like 30 people. They're like, yeah, I have a podcast. I didn't even realize we had that many podcasters in our community. And they set up their own like mastermind and their meeting and talking about podcast strategy and all that's just happening naturally. And we're just like, okay, here, cool. Here's a, here's a Zoom login. If you want to use the Zoom room or, you know, like go use this, do this. And it's just all happening naturally. And I'm really grateful that we've been able to foster that community. And honestly, that's the thing that keeps the business growing and keeps it moving forward is that community. 
Yeah. And you're doing, um, you're using zoom and Facebook, right? Are you, what are you using for your communities? Yeah, we're using Zoom, we're using Facebook, and then we also have a whole, we have an online learning management system. We use member space for that. And so we've set up all of our training videos. That's where we store all of our resources, recordings, things like that are all stored online for them. But yeah, just those three things. Like when you think about it, you can run these types of businesses super simply and super affordably as well. It's just like you need a couple of tech pieces and a little bit of know-how or a YouTube video or two, and you can figure it all out. And Zapier <laughs> is your best friend for making it all work together. And you can go oh, from I there. I love Zapier. I do. <laughs> I do. I was so excited with myself the other day because I came up with a Zapier code to put together convert kit with uh, Google Sheets. So something like that, you know, oh, just being able to pull those all together. So, so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really fun. <laughs> I so, love my um, Zaps. Yeah. Zaps are amazing. So email, we talked about that before, and you're using email to grow your community. How do you use email to nurture them? Like what's your nurturing sequence, if you will? Like how do you nurture people? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. So we have, we do a few things. Our membership experience is very high touch. So when someone joins, they get those standard kind of welcome email. One thing that was really important to me was actually something that Amy Porterfield talked about. God, it's been years ago now is controlling every email that your customer gets from the moment they purchase. And that was something really important when I was looking for the tool we wanted to use for our payments and our learning management was a tool that allowed us to do that because I didn't want them to get, I know we've all like signed up for something through some other tools and you get like four emails initially, like one from the person, one from their like email provider, one from the service. Here's your login. Here's another email. It was too much. So that's the first thing we customize everything from their welcome email throughout the entire nurture sequence. Uh, we also do Bonjouros, which is like the best app ever. I love um, that. So good. <laughs> so my partner, Eric, who's our director of community, he sends a personal video welcome message to every single new member. And if y'all are not using Bonjouro, you've got to get on it. It's so good. It is the um, best tool. It is so great. Yeah. So smart for onboarding. I love that. Yeah. And just be warned if you're going to live launch and you want to do Bonjouros, Either like get some uh, herbal tea to help your throat out or get someone to help you because I've done like 300 bonjouros in a week before and it's a lot, but it's so worth it. Um, We also do snail mail to all our new members. I'm a big fan of snail mail. So we do a welcome postcard and some of our members, depending on the level at which they join, also get a, a welcome gift from us as well, which is a fun little package with some different items we love for them. And then we do an email welcome sequence that lasts Right now, it lasts about eight weeks. We're actually adding on. So it's going to be a full year of onboarding and welcoming our members. So we do a few things at key points during that welcome sequence. We uh, get really clear on the ground rules of the community. We specify the boundaries of what they can and can't expect us to do, which I think is a vital part of community management that a lot of times people miss, especially as you're starting out because you think, oh, I just need to give people everything so they'll stick around. But you have to clearly lay out those boundaries because if not, you're going to hate your life (laughs) trying to run a community. So that's one thing we do. We also introduce them to all the content. We give them a kind of a clear roadmap of what to do and when to do it. We even have emails in there that say things like trust the process. Don't think you know better than us. Stop trying to jump ahead. Like follow the rules here. And we even actually we build it out in our email sequence where if they haven't engaged with our first set of emails, we start sending them emails that say stop procrastinating, (laughs) start doing work. I love it. So we do that. And then we also do an email in there around, I think like day 30 or 35, where we give them the chance to actually, we send free Starbucks gift cards to anyone who's completed some of the initial work in the framework. And we ask them for proof of their work and we send them Starbucks. We do all kinds of things just to keep them super engaged. 
And then another thing that we do is a weekly email to all of our members, which I love. We do Friday fan mail. Our community is called the Follower to Fan Society. So Friday fan mail, we do, and Eric writes all of that as well. We do a featured member of the week. We highlight some of the posts from the Facebook group. And then we also do, a, you know, what you missed this week and then what's coming up. And that's honestly one of, I think our members, one of their favorite features, because of course they're getting shout outs every week for their, in this email. And then it just helps them stay connected. Uh, one last thing that we do is we highlight all of our members every month who are like our top 10 most engaged members in our Facebook community. We highlight them publicly in the group and also via email and just give them a big shout out. So we're doing a lot to continue to nurture that community, get people onboarded really rapidly, show them a lot of love, really high touch experience, and then keep them connected as well. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to listen to this podcast episode again and take like <laughs> massive notes. I don't know about you, Madeline, but I'm this like is over great here. great stuff. I'm like this looking so around great. for a notebook on my desk. I'm like, I have to write this stuff down. <laughs> I'm so grateful it's being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds, I mean, it is a lot. And we didn't have all this to start. I mean, when people joined, we had a Bonjoro and then we had just like a few emails, but it's grown over time. And really for us, we've, it's the recognition that you know, doing the membership model of business, like the real opportunity for revenue and supporting the type of business that we want to have is we have to have longevity in our membership. We can't just have people come on for a month or do a dollar trial and then leave us. So having those higher touch experiences at the beginning and then continuing to nurture them throughout their their membership is really important to us. And that helps us keep our churn down, our retention high, it helps us increase the lifetime value of each of our members. And it just makes more money sense when it comes time to invest in advertising and, and generating more leads for the business to keep them longer at that monthly membership price. So we do things too, like we we offer upgrade opportunities to monthly members. We, we're doing an in-person event in 2019 for our members. All those things just to keep them connected to the community. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask a little add-on to that. So because it's a monthly membership, you kind of have to have new content all the time, I'm assuming, in order to keep them engaged, right? So do you just come up with one kind of theme for every month or what do you do? Yeah, great question. So we do a few things. We do hot seat calls every month. So of course, they don't get those unless they're a member. So in those calls, it's three members at a time. They each get 30 minutes with me. Uh, we also do a monthly content guide, which is really valuable for our members. So we do things like holiday, special events, whatever. So we give that to them so they can plan out their content with an editorial calendar. And then we have monthly hot seats with guest guest educators as well. So those are some of the ongoing things. One thing that we try to be cognizant of is not giving them too much additional like content within the whole framework. So our, our framework training system is all about marketing with a focus on Instagram. And it's it's not really, it's actually not at all an Instagram course. It's more of this kind of client attraction community building system based on Instagram as a platform. And what I don't want to do with the monthly content is give them more content to watch, more workbooks to, you know, like more things to consume. <laughs> so instead it's things that supplement that to help them continue to move forward or maybe answer other questions they have about running a business or marketing or mindset or those types of things. So that's what we've done with our monthly content. And that's something too, we're always trying to improve. We've tried and scrapped lots of things in just the past <laughs> in the past year. Like we were like, we're going to do this every month. And we did it for a few months. And we were like, you know what? No, we're, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to try this every month. No, that didn't work either. We're going to get rid of that. So I think just being willing to try those things is really important as well and figure out what is the best fit for your community and just pay attention to the key. I, I like to think of these like stakeholders in our community. We probably have a solid like 50 to 100 people who have been there 
not even the longest, but who are the most engaged and connected and committed to the community. And I'm really paying attention to when we release something, how are they responding? What are they saying? Because those are not only our advocates, but that's kind of the avatar for the person we want to attract to this community as well. So really paying attention to how they engage and what they are looking for so we can continue to create the content that best serves that type of member so we can attract more people like that. This is so good. You know, it's interesting because Kimi and I have been doing digital marketing for very, very long time. Okay, long time. And Tyler, you are like so enlightening me on so many new ideas and things that I must try. So thank you so much for sharing all of this great stuff and yeah. you know, spending time with us today. Yeah. We really appreciate that. How can our audience uh, get in touch with you so they can, you know, see, follow along with all the great stuff you do? Yeah. So Instagram is the best place to find me at Tyler J. McCall. So I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to uh, follow if you want. You don't have to follow if you're not feeling it, but definitely send me a direct message or even post, you know, a screenshot of your phone listening to us today. Make sure you tag us all as well. Yeah. So at Tyler J. McCall is the best place to find me on Instagram. And then also TylerJMcCall.com is where you can find some blog content, some free resources we have. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook too. Facebook, I'm not as active on. Twitter, I'm mainly just talking about Real Housewives. So if you're interested in that, go for it. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> we got that Twitter thing going, Madeline. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that I've gotten Tyler J. McCall back into using Twitter. That just makes me so I know. Happy. I love that. I know. The tweet chat we did was so much fun. And I was like, what have I been doing? Why have I been missing this? Yeah, that was awesome. I'll have to put that in the show notes, social ROI chat. You yes. were amazing on that. So I'll definitely uh, link that up. So, Cammy, do we have a call to action for this? We do, because we love action takers, Tyler. We're all about action takers in our community, people that take action and go forward on what they, what they say they want to do. So we want you to come join us in our Facebook group. As you guys all know, we talk about it every week. And let us know if you're using Instagram to reach out to your online community and which of Tyler's tips will you be using? I'm going to be over there telling you which ones I'm going to be using. So come on over <laughs> and uh, talk to us about what you would like to use. And then also Tyler was so kind to give us his uh, roadmap, which is a really quick roadmap for how to use Instagram in marketing. And you can tell us more about that if you want to, Tyler, but it's tylerjmccall.com forward slash roadmap. And if you get on his roadmap, you're going to learn some of the things that we learned today. Plus you get to see how he nurtures you. And I don't know, I, we have to join your community to get a bonjour. I, that's, that's where I'm headed with this. <laughs> yes, you definitely do. Yes. And get on that. Yeah. I love, listen, I love an email nurture sequence. It's one of my favorite things in the world to write. So I love the one that we've created for, for folks who sign up for the roadmap. So definitely grab that. So Laura, I yeah. mean, if nothing else, you, you need to do it to learn the, the sequence. So there you are. Thank you, Tyler, so much for joining us today. I know our community is going to get a lot out of this. And it's you're such a joy and such a great person to talk to. Um, you are a great example of what a community manager should be. So um, definitely you belong in our podcast. And so thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks, Tyler. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. I don't know about as great as this. Um, I don't know. We're going to try. Oh, we're going it, to, it's on. We got to come up with something great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome, guys. See you next week. 
Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from the Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.